Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And now your host, Max McGuire. Welcome back to hour two of the podcast. Hour two of the podcast talking about huge news out of the United States Supreme Court this morning. They have agreed to hear a case. Go ahead, put up my screen. This is a blog post over at SCOTUS blog, which is by far the best place to get any news on and updates on the Supreme Court. They've agreed to hear the, the appeal for New York Rifle and Pistol Association v. Forlet. What is this? This is a challenge to New York State's may issue concealed carry law. Now, this is an issue that's near and dear to my heart. I grew up in New Jersey, went to school in Massachusetts, grad school in Pennsylvania. So I, in, a, in college years, I've experienced what it feels like to live in New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. Get a little bit of that freedom in Pennsylvania that I didn't have in New Jersey. New Jersey does not, you cannot get a concealed carry permit in, Jer in New Jersey. Some people can. If you're sleeping with a judge, if you happen to be a wealthy politician, if you happen to be a wealthy donor, you can get a, you can get a permit to carry in a state like New Jersey. New Jersey has what's called a justifiable need requirement. In order to get a permit to carry a handgun, you must convince not only your police chief, but also a judge that you have a justifiable need to defend yourself in public. Now, different states have different words for this, right? New Jersey's justifiable needs, need. Um, New York, it's interesting, proper cause is what they claim in New York. And when you actually look at how they define it, you have to have, you have to be able to explain that you have a, a legitimate need to defend yourself that is more than the average citizen. So just being an average citizen isn't enough to defend yourself in a state like New York. You have to prove that you have some type of other certain uh, other variable that makes you more in need of defending your life and property. I don't know. But that's what New York has. And so when you look around the country, this map has changed a lot in recent years. But these brown states are what's called May issue. What that means, Hawaii, California, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York. What May issue means is that when you apply to get a concealed carry permit, even if you're a law-abiding citizen, even if you've passed the, the background check, even if you've passed the gun safety course, whatever they require, you've done everything on paper that you need to do. May issue means that, yes, even if you have a perfect application, they still only may issue you the permit because it's completely subjective. It's up to the police department, the police chief, a judge, some other bureaucrat to decide whether you are deserving of the right to carry. May issue, may issue. You put it back up. These other states, these blue states are what's called shall issue. Shall issue means that if you apply for, for a license to carry, whatever they call it in your state, and you've met all the statutory requirements, they are required to issue you a concealed carry permit. There is no room for subjective interpretation or and by bureaucrats. Bureaucrats can't step in and say no. If you meet the requirements, they must issue the permit. When you look at the green, the green, what they call here, constitutional carry. So it's constitutional carry. Yeah, that permitless. Constitutional carry is essentially permitless. It can be a little different. But what that means is that you don't need any permit. That if you're illegally allowed to own a gun, then you are legally allowed to carry it. So constitutional or permitless carry is in those green states. So you can see from this map that the brown states 
and that's not a racist comment. Don't don't fact check me. Just just color from the map. Let's say the tan, the tan states. The tan states are what have shall issue. Now, California is a little unique because California is done on the county level. So some counties, some county sheriffs will give you a permit. But in the populous areas like Sacramento, Los Angeles, you can't get a permit to carry. No way. They just won't do it. Same in New York. Some New York upstate counties will give you a permit, but not only will New York City not do it, your permit to carry in upstate New York is not valid in New York City. Right? So why is this a big deal? Now, maybe you, if you live in one of these states, I feel for you. And I'm a firm believer of voting with your feet, voting with your wallet. I left New Jersey, went to Colorado. Colorado started turning blue, went to Texas. I'm not leaving Texas. Texas is my last stand. Right? I, I, Texas, there, you can't really vote with your feet any more than coming to Texas. But why is it important? Beyond just the people who live there. If you add up these states together, California, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, Hawaii, they make up one in four Americans. Over 25% of the American population live in a state where you do not have a right to bear arms. Even though the Constitution says you have the right to bear arms, that right doesn't really exist. Because even if you do everything right, even if you take the class, even if you, even if you are a law-abiding citizen, right, it's up to some random bureaucrat to decide whether you deserve to carry or not. And in states like Delaware and Connecticut, it's it's easier to get a permit, right? But in the rest of them, it, it's still subjective. So one in every four Americans are living without their Second Amendment rights. Because yes, bare arms means something. There's the keep part. You have the right to keep and bear, you have to keep your arms, own them, possess them, store them in your house. Bear arms, the Supreme Court ruled in the 2008 case of Heller v. D.C. that bear arms has a very specific meaning. It means carry. You have the right to carry an arm. Bear means carry. Well, how can you have the right to carry an arm if, if one in four Americans live in a state where some random bureaucrat can just say, no, you're not allowed to carry a gun outside? doesn't matter how law-abiding you are. doesn't matter how well-trained you are. They can just say no. And yet, and, and Zach is saying in the comment section on Facebook, California is by district. Yeah, it is. It's by, by district, by county, however they define it. But it should, no bureaucrat should have the right to, to say, okay, well, tell me a good reason. Tell me, tell me your justifiable need. Because that's what they're trying to say. Imagine if they applied this standard to any other right in the Constitution. Imagine you said, okay, government, I want to go pray. I want to go to church. Oh, well, you're going to need to prove a justifiable need. Oh, I really want a, a trial before a jury of my peers. I want a speedy trial, by the way. I deserve that. Oh, well, you need to prove a, <laughs> a you have good cause, right? Prove that you deserve this more than the average citizen. That's what has been allowed to stay on the books in states like New York. This lawsuit appeal has now been granted by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will hear this case against New York applying their proper cause requirement to all concealed carry permit applications. So. Once and for all, the Supreme Court of the United States will finally hear a case and decide whether a state, whether you, a state can turn your right into a privilege by forcing you to justify that you deserve it. So we're going to read a little bit of this New York case. I'm not going to read it. It's, it's an 81 page. I'm not going to read all 81 pages. No, that would be too much. But we are going to read this part, the question presented, because that's a really important one in understanding what it's all about. But I highly recommend 
that you read these appeal this this full appeal on your own time. So let's put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Here is the question presented. New York prohibits its ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying a handgun outside the home without a license, and it denies licenses to every citizen who fails to convince the state that he or she has a, quote, proper cause, end quote, to carry a firearm. In District of Columbia v. Heller, as I just said, this court held that the Second Amendment protects, quote, the individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation, end quote. And in McDonald v. City of Chicago, the court held that the right is, quote, fully applicable to the states, end quote. For more than a decade since then, numerous courts of appeals have squarely divided on this critical question, whether the Second Amendment allows the government to deprive ordinary law-abiding citizens of the right to possess and carry a handgun outside the home. This circuit split is open and acknowledged, and it is squarely presented by this petition, in which the Second Circuit affirmed the constitutionality of a New York regime that prohibits law-abiding individuals from carrying a handgun unless they first demonstrate some form of, quote, proper cause, end quote, that distinguishes them from the body of the people protected by the Second Amendment. The time has come for the court to resolve this critical constitutional impasse and reaffirm the citizen's fundamental right to carry a handgun for self-defense. The question presented is whether the Second Amendment allows the government to prohibit ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying handguns outside the home for self-defense. Very well stated. And yes, the Supreme Court now will hear this case. We go here, we can see here, it will be this, uh, I, I believe it's October. October term, oh, that doesn't help. That link doesn't help. I believe they're going to be hearing it now in October of 2021. Um, we can go down here. Yeah, so it got distributed for conference. And this is, it's been, they've been batting this around for a while. It was in conference on March 10th, March 29th. April 11th, April 19th, the Supreme Court justices, the nine justices, had to meet four times before they could get four of the justices on board. So I can take down my screen, Mr. Producer. You take, uh, in order for the Supreme Court to hear a case, in order for the Supreme Court to hear a case, you don't need a majority. You need four of the nine justices. That's all it takes. Now, right now, on paper, there's a six to three conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Now, that's not really true because John Roberts isn't a conservative these days. But even without Roberts, even if you consider Roberts to be in the liberal wing, it's still five to four. So they have plenty of conservative judges on the bench. Why has this case not come up already in the past? Well, it's very simple. They didn't know how John Roberts was going to go. They didn't know how Anthony Kennedy was going to go. Technically, there were five conservatives on the bench, but is it worth bringing up a case without knowing without knowing that you have the votes? Which is why the Supreme Court doesn't just decide to hear cases based on, oh, it's a, it's a good idea to hear it. The justices will refuse to vote to hear a case if they are not confident in the ability to have the ruling the way they want. And listen, obviously they'll hear the case and, and they're and they're obligated to hear both sides of the argument and come up with their own conclusion. But it's pretty settled on the Supreme Court what each justice feels about concealed carry, about carrying a gun outside the home. Right? It's it's kind of settled. So yeah, they're they're required to listen to the evidence and to come with with a fresh an open mind. But there are five justices on the, even taking John Roberts out of the equation. The other five conservatives have all expressed very fervent opinions that these kinds of concealed carry restrictions are unconstitutionally illegal. 
So what we know now is that they feel confident. The conservative wing feels confident. They will have at least five votes when this comes up to be heard in October. Now, why would they not want to bring, why would they not want to hear a case if they're not confident that they would have the votes to go the way they want? Well, for the obvious reason, if you bring a case like this and it goes all the way to the Supreme Court and the other side wins, the other side wins and reaffirms that states that you have no right to carry a gun outside your home, that would be devastating, right? So if the liberal justices on the bench, not now, but a couple of years ago, if the liberal justices had believed that they had five votes, they would have voted to hear the case, right? Because they would want nothing more than to create nationwide precedent that you have no right to bring a gun outside your house. But likewise, the liberals on the bench didn't vote to hear the case either. So it's been this kind of this kind of limbo where they probably had four votes on each side to hear a case, but they couldn't be sure what that fifth vote, whether it be John Roberts or whether it be Anthony Kennedy, they couldn't be sure of what he would do. So they weren't willing to risk the entire country on whether that person, how that person, that, that justice would swing. There was a case in D.C. that was very interesting. A few years ago, D.C. had a similar law on the books where they said, okay, yeah, you can apply for a license to carry a firearm, but you have to prove that you have a good, a good reason. Well, that got, they got sued over that, and D.C. lost. D.C. lost in the, at the appellate level. And the, the attorney for D.C., I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, they call him the attorney general, but we'll call him the attorney general. The District of Columbia's attorney general decided not to appeal to the Supreme Court because he didn't want to fast track that and give the Supreme Court the ability to have precedent. So that's the other side of this, right? You have the justices on the Supreme Court waffling. Do we hear it? Can we can we trust that we have the votes to make sure that that this gets decided the right way? There's that side. There's also the 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 cities, the states that are being sued over this. They are trying everything they can to stop their cases from reaching the Supreme Court or to slow them down in the hopes that maybe a conservative justice dies. And Joe Biden gets to add a liberal to the bench. Yeah, these are the conversations that happen in the gun control movement. Let's slow it down for a year, right? Let, we saw it in New York. There was a case uh, last year, the year before, New York City had a law on the books that said you could not bring your gun outside the home unless you were taking it to a shooting range um, or, or they, a few exceptions. But not included in that list of exceptions was a second home outside the city. So if you owned a home outside of New York City, you owned a home inside New York City, and you legally owned a gun, you were not legally allowed to transport it from house one to house two. So they sued. There was a suit over that. As it was reaching the Supreme Court, New York State changed its law and New York City changed its law to render the case moot because they did not want to give the Supreme Court an opportunity to rule on the gun rights carry issue. So th this is what I mean. We, we, just what we talked about in the first hour. What the Democrats do, what the Democrats do um, with, uh, with with hiring lawyers to create conflicts of interest, they do the same thing on the Second Amendment stuff too. They delay, they delay, they delay. If it looks like they're going to lose, they agree to change it so it can't reach the Supreme Court, which is why that case, when you actually read it, it's talking about the circuit split. And there is a circuit split. D.C. Court of Appeals has ruled that you have the right to carry a gun outside the home. That, that's the second highest court in the land, right? In Illinois, you also, I believe in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, 
governing Illinois, they have issued a similar ruling that you have the right to carry a gun outside the home. Illinois is is shall issue. They are not may issue. They used to be no issue. You used to not even be able to get a concealed carry permit unless you were a cop. Lawsuit happened. Illinois lost. Illinois lost. They were forced to uh, they were forced to start accepting concealed carry permit applications, and they created a sh- a shall issue system where bureaucrats cannot just block you for any reason. So you have obviously you have the Ninth Circuit. You have in in California you have the Second Circuit in New York. You have was it? I think the Third Circuit is New Jersey. They have all said that you have no right to carry a gun outside the home and that the government can arbitrarily stop you from doing that. But you have the D.C. Circuit and you have the Seventh Circuit saying you do. So the Supreme Court loves to hear cases that resolve circuit splits. A circuit split, as we just explained to you, is when different circuit courts find different things. Because there's nothing more dangerous if you're a constitutionalist. There's nothing more dangerous than saying, okay, People living in this state have the right to do this, but people living in another state don't have the right to do that, right? You need to settle those really big questions. And when you're talking about the Second Amendment, that's a huge question. So it's been one of the great shames that the Supreme Court hasn't addressed this controversy, this circuit split, because this circuit split has existed for years. They just let it go. Let it go. And listen, it, it, it shouldn't be complicated. Supreme Court precedent, Heller v. DC, says you have the right to carry a gun to protect yourself from confrontations. That's not just talking about in your home. And there is no constitutional amendment with the exception of, I I guess, being secure in your person and effects that applies to your home. But there's no such thing. There's no constitutional amendment that applies exclusively to your home. When you have a right, that right just exists, right? You have the right to pray in your home. You have the right to pray in the street. You have the right to petition the government for redress of your grievances at your computer screen. You have the right to travel to Washington, D.C. to do that. Right. You can you can meet with your peers and, and and gather at home or you can have a rally outside. All of your rights apply inside the home and out. But for whatever reason, leftists have been able to get away with this notion that when the founders wrote the Second Amendment, somewhere there's an asterisk that if you scroll all the way down, it says, oh, yeah, but it only applies inside the home. It's ludicrous. And we all know it. Democrats know it. They're just trying to stall and buy time, hoping eventually they can stop it, add more leftists to the bench. So this is a huge case, huge case for New York, huge case for New Jersey. We've, I've been pushing for this for a long time because again, I used to live in New Jersey. I, I listen, I moved to get my liberty back. No one should have to move to enjoy their liberty. Once you live in the United States, those liberties are supposed to be protected. And listen, shame on Congress for not solving this earlier. Right. Congress has an obligation. Anytime a state violates an individual's rights, Congress has an obligation to step in and and fix that. And Congress has kicked the can down the road for years. There's a bill that could have fixed all of this, the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. Very simple. If you have the right, if, if you have a permit to carry from one state, it applies in all states. It would force states to treat permits or licenses to carry a firearm the same way they treat driver's licenses. You would still be required to learn the ins and outs of self-defense laws in whatever state you're visiting. But if you have a a uh, concealed carry permit from one state, you could use it in all 50 states. Now, how does that how does that fix it? Well, there are a lot of states that will give you a permit even if you're not a resident. Utah is one. Florida is another. You can get a Florida and a Utah permit to carry without being a resident of that state. So the way the law was written, the bill was written, Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act, that would count. 
So anyone who lives in New Jersey, even if their local police chief, their local judge wouldn't give you a, re- a permit to carry, they could take the class right across the border in Pennsylvania. Because I, I took that. I took that class when I, when I was going to grad school in Pennsylvania because I wanted to be able to carry when I was in Pennsylvania. Um, get the Utah permit and then use that Utah permit to carry in their home state as well. So we could have fixed this, but the spineless Republicans didn't do it. We had the, we had the ability to, to fix this. This bill passed the House of Representatives. The problem is when it came time to actually come up with the compromise, that's what we always hear from Republicans, the compromise gun bill, they left it on the cutting room floor. They passed a fix Nix. Remember the fix Nix Act? That was supposed to include the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. The logic being, if we have fixed NICS, and we have NICS is the National Instant Check System, it's the FBI's firearm background check system. If we have fixed NICS, then anyone who passes NICS is obviously a good person, and therefore, should, if they have a carry permit, should be allowed to carry nationwide. That didn't get added. Why? Paul Ryan left it on the cutting room floor. He did. It was his decision. He decided not to. Originally, fixed NICS and Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act were one bill. He split it up. He worked with the Senate on fixed NICS. Left the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act on the cutting room floor, and it never passed. So we had we had the ability to do this. We had the opening, and it wasn't the Democrats who stabbed us in the back. It was Republicans. It was Republicans here in Texas. There was a big push for permitless carry or constitutional carry. The idea that if, in Texas, if you are legally allowed to own a gun, then you should be legally allowed to carry that gun without having to pay the government for the privilege to do it. That is a couple votes short in the legislature. We are not short Democrats. We are short Republicans. The Republican lieutenant governor doesn't want it to pass. And there's a handful of Republicans, legislatures, who don't want it to pass. So the only thing stopping Texas from getting permitless carry are Republicans. Now, just think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Mitt Romney has permitless carry. Bernie Sanders has permitless carry, meaning Utah and Vermont. But Texas is too dangerous. Why are people who live in Vermont uh, uh, given more rights, more liberties than Texans? Why? And, and how, how can the Republicans just say that with a straight face? We can go back. We can go back to the map. Look here on the map. Put up my screen again. All of these green states. All these green states have some form of, of permitless or constitutional carry. If you're, if you're legally allowed to own a gun, you can carry it, period. You still have to keep your driver's license or some kind of photo ID on, on you, but you don't need to pay or do a, a class to get a license to carry a firearm. Why is it too dangerous for Texas, but not too dangerous for Oklahoma? Right? New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, they all have it, but Texas can't. Why? And how can Republicans defend this? How can you defend it? When I lived in Colorado, you had to pay a, the, the fee to get a concealed carry permit, not even talking about the, the, how much it costs for the class. Just the fee to the government is $152, I believe, 50 cents. That's the maximum you're allowed to charge by law, and every county just charges the maximum. $152. $152 to exercise your right in the state of Colorado. How is that constitutional? It isn't. If, if there was a similar scheme against any other right, the ACLU would be all on it. Yeah, try passing a law that says you have to pay $152.50 to vote. Or you need to pay $152.50 
to get a speedy trial, right? Or pay $152.50 to stop a soldier from forces, forcing his way into your home and living in your guest room. That's the Third Amendment, by the way. Imagine that. Martha in the comment section says, 175 in Ohio. Yes, it's absurd for a basic right. Now, I'm not talking about like a, a permit fee for staging an outside event where there, there's logistics involved with a city and you need to pay X amount to rent the space. That's different. This is, you have to pay this money just for us to even process the paperwork to let you exercise your right. Now, we used to call this a poll tax and the poll taxes were much smaller, a couple bucks, even adjusted for inflation, came nowhere near this. But no, second, the Second Amendment, as uh, Justice Thomas so eloquently said, has been treated far too long as a second-class right, which is why I'm ecstatic over this New York case. I'm ecstatic. So anyone living in one of these May-issue states, we got New Jersey, New York, Maryland, California, Hawaii, um, Delaware, Connecticut, Massachusetts. If you live in one of those eight states, might have missed one. Colin, let me know, are you happy? Are you excited about this? Because it seems like, barring some complication, which there could be, right? The Supreme Court justice could pass away. New York could change their law to render it moot so that they can't hear it. What do you think about this? Or in a free state, let me know what your concealed carry permit application process was like. Call in 888-441-1121. That is our number. I'm excited. Actually, I have all the paperwork for my Texas license. I haven't put it in. I still, I, I need to. I, I, have a, I have a Utah permit. So my Utah permit's good for a couple more years. Texas wanted me to pay. I, I don't even know. There is a fee involved. So as long as I have the Utah permit, I don't need to pay for a Texas permit. It's kind of redundant. I'm not traveling as much, so I wouldn't get any real benefit from it. Um, and then there's this other thing where they're working on permitless carry. So why pay for something that in a couple months could just be rendered irrelevant and you'd be free to do it? Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited because not only will this set the stage for people in those states to have their liberties back, have their rights back, it would also help me if I'm going to visit family in New Jersey, at least theoretically, if New Jersey has to have a shall issue scheme, they probably won't do it right away, right? But eventually that would set the stage for a lawsuit about reciprocity. So a lawsuit about reciprocity. So how, how can you have a right? How can you say that a state has to honor a right to carry? but only for people within their borders. And that's, that's, the, that's the next step in all of this. Because you, we go back to this map. We go back to this map. Let's say I have a Texas like to carry, license to carry. Uh, I'm a resident of Texas. All of those red states do not honor Texas's permit. All those states do not honor Texas. Let's say I also have Utah. That would give me, if I have Texas and Utah, that would give me Washington. Let's say I also get Florida, nothing, right? So there isn't, unless you are a retired law enforcement officer, we can take this down. Unless you are a retired law enforcement officer, there is no way for a civilian to exercise his right to bear arms in all 50 states. They just refuse. Doesn't matter how well trained you are. It doesn't matter how many permits you have. There... States like California, New York, they just will not honor the permits you would need. Illinois, I believe Illinois does not does not honor any permits. Yeah, go back to my screen. 
this is uh this is from usacarry.com by the way this map if you have an if you're in illinois illinois does not honor any other state's permit so illinois got sued said you are violating the second amendment by not allowing carry inside of your borders so it's okay and they created a scheme where they just refuse to honor any other state's permits. Like that is that is right for the taking. But that case has to follow a Supreme Court case dealing with something like New York. Because once you can establish in the Supreme Court that, yes, you have the right to carry a firearm outside the home, then you can say, well, the states are unlawfully and unconstitutionally refusing to honor out-of-state permits. And it's not because they, they disagree over the training requirements. You look, Illinois just won't accept anyone. That's the next step in all this. So Max, That's I, the new thing. I sent you a yeah. message on um, the latest update from the county that I would apply if I was to say go get my CCW. But due to COVID, they only allow three days a week to come in and apply for a new permit. So not only is it hard to get a permit and you have to spend the $150, you also have to find the right time to go in and yeah. check it out, which limits the number of people who are going to go and apply on days and stuff like that. So if you've already got the permit, where I'm at, uh, they'll take you all five days of the week. So I don't know why they're throwing this artificial or arbitrary yeah. three days per week to get a new one. I mean, why would you even limit that? But just thought I'd throw that your way. See yeah, what's no, it, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those interesting things, right? Why is there a difference? Well, I, I guess there's more paperwork requirements, sure. But COVID, we're we're a year plus into this thing. COVID can no longer be an excuse to violate an individual's rights. Like we've talked about this on the show in the past, all the justifications that courts have used to allow restrictions to go into effect or stay in effect have been after COVID-19 was presented as a novel virus. We don't know what's going on. We're, we're trying to figure it out. We're running around like a chicken with, it, with with its head cut off, trying to figure out how to stop this thing. And we we had to. We had no choice. Well, that's not true anymore. Probably wasn't. It wasn't true then, but it's definitely not true anymore now. Right. You can't you can't tell me. That that new permits can only be applied on certain days because of COVID. It, it's just not true anymore, right? Now they may have said we have limited resources and therefore we're going to prioritize other things over that. But that is even unconstitutional, right? If if you have the right to do something, you have the right to do it. Like like imagine if they said, okay, we, we're only going to allow people to come in one hour between the hours of eight a.m. and nine a.m. You have to come in in person. Well. I mean, it's the same argument that liberals have with voting, right? Liberals say, well, wh why should you have to show up to vote? What about people who work? They do early voting. We'll say, well, what if well, it doesn't matter early voting? People still work. What if they can never get off? Then you have weekend voting. Say, well, what if they also have a second job and work on the weekends? So then you do mail-in voting. And say, well, what if they're too poor to pay for a stamp? Then you have ballot harvesting, right? And say, well, what, 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 what if they don't want someone coming to their door? Oh, then you have the drop boxes, right? The liberals love doing this. They, they use these hypotheticals, hypotheticals, hypotheticals. Republicans, we've just allowed it, right? We've, we've just allowed the Second Amendment to be violated. And then let, let's, be, let's be completely honest. Let's be completely honest right now. This is a lot of Republicans' fault. You go to California. California's carry ban can be traced all the way back to the Reagan administration. Yeah, that's right. The ban on open carry in California was enacted under Ronald Reagan, and it was enacted because the Black Panthers were pissed off and wanted to have an open carry march rally at the state house. And the prospect of African-Americans carrying guns to the California state house so offended Republicans 
that they banned open carry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gun control laws have a racist, racist history. Even even the states, the, the reason the reason that like the whole country used to be May issue. That used to be that used to be the way it was. You you trace back the whole concept of you can perfectly meet all the op- the requirements, but we're still going to decide whether you deserve it or not. That stems from Jim Crow, right? It was an attempt to stop the undesirables, whether they be African Americans, whether they be Italians, Irish, whatever, depending on what co- area of the country you were, you were in, had different sets of undesirables that the politicians, the political class, didn't want to carry, right? So in the South, yeah, they had they used to have May issue carry, and it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like the poll tax. Or kind of like the the uh, civics test you had to take in certain Jim Crow states if you were a black person and you wanted to register to vote, where you're required to name every single county judge their first, middle, and last name. And if you got even one bit wrong, sorry, try again next year. You don't get to vote this year. It's It was that same racism that fueled many of the country's earliest gun control laws, especially when it comes to carry bans. Yeah, in New Jersey, New Jersey's the same too. The good reason you trace that back, it was because they they didn't believe that the poor could ever present a good reason to carry a gun in public. So yeah, our gun control laws in this country are rooted in racism, but you don't you don't hear the left say that. Right? You, you don't hear them say that gun control is white supremacy. No. Because they don't actually believe in what they're spouting. That's a very easy argument to make, and they'd be right. Saying gun control is white supremacy. Yes, in many ways it is. And you can historically track back the different gun control laws to white supremacy or to at least classism of the wealthy not wanting the poor to carry guns in public. Because the the wealthy have always carried guns and they've always carved out exceptions for them to carry guns. Right? They they have to call it a justifiable need standard or, or a proper cause standard. But it's always been wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If a wealthy person applies, you have to accept it. Or at least a wealthy person applies and they belong to the ruling political class. You have to, you have to accept their application. Now, gun control laws have always been some of the most racist in- institutions that we have in this country. But Democrats perpetuate it. One of those interesting little tidbits, huh? 888-441-1121. If anyone wants to call in before the end of our show today, um, had to revamp the show a little bit. We were going to have a guest on today. That guest got rescheduled to Wednesday. So it was a little hard this morning. Then Joe said he wasn't going to be here. So trying to work everything in so that we can fill in two hours. A little more difficult today than most days, but happy to take any calls. 888-441-1121. I'm just, I'm always really interested in trying to figure out why I said it before, just imagine if the hoops you have to jump through to get a gun were also applied to any other right. I mean, Democrats love to claim, this was the claim they made in 2020, that it is easier. it was easier to buy a gun than it was to vote. And they said, we, the country, we should make it just as easy to vote as it is to buy a gun. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean we're just going to send a gun to everyone's home? <laughs> Right. I mean, that, that, that's why it's so stupid. Like we want to make it as easy to vote as it is to buy a gun. Oh, so you're just going to send send everyone a gun. Oh, so you're, you're going to let us buy guns at gun stores without having to show ID because ID is racist. Remember? No, they, they, they don't know what they're talking about. 
right? They make these lies, these claims, thinking that they sound good, and idiots believe them. Idiots are like, I didn't know it's easier. Like, remember when Barack Obama said that in some areas of the country, it's it's easier to legally buy a gun than it is to buy a book or to buy a vegetable. That That's actually, I believe Obama said book. Other liberals have said vegetable. And imagine how idiotic you have to be. If you go to buy a book, no one forces you to show your ID. No one forces you to swear under penalty of perjury that you're not addicted or, or, or a user of drugs. No one forces you to submit your information to the FBI so they can go through your background. In some states, no, some states have waiting periods. No one w- forces you to wait a couple days for a book. Right? And no one forces the bookstore to keep your information on record. So if that book ever gets lost or, or used in a crime, the government can track you down. No, because, listen, liberals have never bought a gun. They, they, they advocate gun policy without ever buying a gun without ever going through the concealed carry application process. I love it when liberals say, oh, I'm going to go buy a gun. It happens every couple of years. There's a liberal who says, oh, look how hard it is to buy a gun. And they, and they get denied because they have something on their record. It's, it's just so frustrating. And that's why I see this case coming out of New York. And it is, I, I, am, I am optimistic because... I do not believe in a six-three majority conservative Supreme Court that it ever, that you could have you would have had four justices taking the case because they know that New York's going to have their law upheld. Now, this is a very obvious sign that the, that the Second Amendment over the next year, the Supreme Court intends to make the Second Amendment just as powerful of a right as any other right, and to obligate that states and cities respect it, just as they are obligated to respect every other right and liberty. So I'm enthusiastic. I am, I am optimistic. Today is a good day to be a gun owner. Now we just need all of the conservative justices to continue taking their vitamins, continue avoiding any dangerous activities, and keep their head down. I would not put it past the gun control movement to try something. I mean, lots of theories out there that, that Scalia was murdered. Lots of theories. I don't, I don't know how I don't know how legitimate they are, but I would not put it past the gun control movement seeing that complete defeat is on the horizon to do something incredibly stupid. Wouldn't put it past them. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. I'm a little short today. No Joe. We, ha- we had to change up things. So rather than just vamping on and on about this, um, I, it's probably a, a good idea just to cut it short. We are going to be bringing on more um, more uh, advertisers in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Um, one is a holster company. The other one is a, a medevac company. So I'm really interested to see what, what they want to advertise because it's not something I would have anticipated would want to advertise on the show, but um, still an interesting product nonetheless. Um, we didn't have anyone say trash on the show. Well, I guess I technically just said trash. So... It's hard, it's hard to remember what ones I've already done and what ones I haven't, but I don't think I've done this one yet. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. I don't think we've done this one. Slop. Slop. Soft, wet earth or plural, solid matter discharged from an animal's alimentary canal. That seems pretty trashy. I don't know about you. Today's synonym for trash is slop, hashtag 
the left are slop. And when we have Joe in, I'm sure that we will have a synonym that does not feel as forced as that one. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you sign up the audio version. The way we get advertisers is by having audio downloads. So leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, leave a good five-star review. Subscribe to the podcast. Download the podcast, right? Help us prove the numbers because they don't let us use our website or DLive or Facebook to justify the ad spend. Audio downloads is the key. So if you haven't already, make sure that you will that you subscribe. And that's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. We go live Monday through Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. So make sure you like and follow our Facebook page. On DLive, make sure you follow and subscribe. We had some problems on DLive. That'll get fixed, I promise you. Um, so make sure you follow and subscribe on DLive. YouTube, we have three more days on our ban. I have appealed our ban. So really interesting. This has happened a couple of times to us where we've been suspended for two weeks and they agree that we never should have been suspended. And unlike the the 13th day of the 14 day suspension, they lift it, but then they hit us with another one. Then we off for two weeks. So there's no like double jeopardy rule in YouTube. They're just going to keep us suspended even if they're wrong. So I appealed it. Who knows? YouTube, we're coming back on YouTube and it's probably going to be very different. We're probably not going to live stream on YouTube. We're probably going to take snippets that we know do not violate the terms and post them on YouTube. Uh, kind, of, kind of the way that um, Louder with Crowder does. You don't get the whole show on YouTube. You just get a little bit. Um, but make sure you subscribe to YouTube nonetheless. We're on Twitch. As long as Twitch doesn't know we're on it. And uh, of course, conservedaily.com as well. So that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember everyone that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.